You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 start changing the intro welcome to out of the blank podcast we focus on neuromolecular astro space time travel and all the other things that happen to do with deep space i'm here with the nasa researcher mark sharbach hey guys what's up okay he does not know that was basically just going to happen but <laughs> we're not nasa research so it's okay no. but actually mark has something more important so mark what do you do uh like for podcasting you mean or like what do i do in life Whichever you want to talk about, the one about life. I'm pretty sure the podcasting is definitely more important than NASA. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, but I'm one half of uh, a podcast on Elm Street. And uh, me and my buddy, Brooke, we um, started off doing it for back in October. But we didn't start releasing episodes until like towards the end of November. Um, but we basically just pick a movie, a horror movie to talk about. And we kind of break it down, do a plot summary. And then uh we have some other sections like what like scary scenes and like a scare rating and shit like that how did you decide to start this podcast uh i started um a secondary instagram account back in march of last year and i had it like dedicated just to horror um because i'm a huge horror fan and um i started following all these different horror podcasts and um listening to them I was like, fuck, it'd be super fun to to do this with somebody. And we were at a Halloween party, I think, and we were just kind of shooting shit about it. And we ended up just kind of solidifying a plan and started rolling with it. Why didn't you find out you were scared of something? Because I mean, like, I think we all have these points in our life when we're like, oh, this is what honestly really scares me. For me, it's going to sound ridiculous. Fucking balloons. Okay. They don't scare me like, you know, inf it's just the whole inflating and the popping sound. I yeah. don't know what it was ever since I was a kid. It's like I used to, um, me and my brother, we got these things from like a dollar store that are like uh, tie your own balloon animals or something like that. So yeah. you have to inflate it with a pump and my brother would always take them and then like pop them against the side of my head just because he's older. So it was like just to be a dick. Yeah. And I, it just freaked me out. So eventually I would make these air balloons and I couldn't be able to pop them. So they would just be just laying all over the place. And next thing you know, like I'm trying to walk out of my room, they're all scattered across the floor. I'm like, oh my God, it's anxiety. So like with the fear of balloons, like do you have a fear of clowns or like people that, no, like, that make those balloons? Clowns don't fear me. It's just when I start, like if I go to the dollar store and someone's getting a happy birthday balloon and they start pumping it up with the oxygen tank, immediately yeah. my mind's not really scared of the pop. It's more scared of like, what happens if that tank explodes? And then all my anxieties just start coming in like a voice in the back of my head, like <laughs> you're all going to die. <laughs> so you walk into the store and turn right back in then? I basically, if someone's, it's their birthday, yeah, they better not be having balloons at the party. My dad knew <laughs> when I had a birthday party, no fucking balloons. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, going back to your question, like, when did I first, like, find out that I was scared of something? Like, when I was younger, I asked you about the clowns, but, like, when I was younger, I was, like, fucking terrified of clowns. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like nobody should be that happy, and plus all their face paint and all that stuff, and they're just, like, weird, but kind of like as 
as I've gotten older, that fear has kind of subsided, but I still have like a fear of like creepy crawly things. Like I can't stand bugs and spiders and shit like that. Spiders scare me when that arachnid movie came out when I was like yeah. really little. Yeah. I was afraid to go into like a barber shop because there's like a certain scene where the dude's sitting in a barber chair and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. You guys are fucking crazy. And then he leans back <laughs> and this spider just comes up behind the chair and grabs him and just starts wrapping him up. I'm like, yo, that can happen. And my mom's yeah. like, are you an idiot? Like, <laughs> you shouldn't even be watching this movie. I was like, look, you have it on. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I have this fear of like paranormal, but it's like, it's like an interested fear, if that makes sense. Like, like it scares the shit out of me to think about it, but at the same time, like I'm super interested in it. And like, I would love to tour through like an actual haunted house, but I'd be shitting my pants the whole time. I I get it. I mean, the X Files and all those like types of ghost hunter shows were really really interesting. I think that was the main point was like we don't find anything, but we're still gonna make you scared just with that anticipation. I think that's a lot what comes into like a horror film is the anticipation up to it. Yeah, but. but if honestly something's really going to scare me when it comes to a movie, it usually has to deal with like mental health. When you start finding out the person's like that shit insane. That's it's like, true. that's, that can be a real thing that can actually happen. And then mm-hmm. like, also when it comes to like, I don't know if people think this way as well, but like, I always feel like everything goes right or everything goes wrong right before you die. Like, when I'm driving and I get every single green light, I'm like, I need to park my car and I need to lie down somewhere because I'm probably about to die right now. And yeah. there's something like, um, there's a movie, The Big Lebowski. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah. But yeah. like when Donnie's bowling, he's been getting strikes like the whole movie and then at the ending before his heart attack scene he bowls and his arm starts hurting and the ball curves to the left and he's like what like something's off about me and then afterwards he has a heart attack i'm like does that happen like does everything go right or everything go wrong all in a day it just kind of is foreshadowing the end Mm -hmm. that's an interesting concept yeah i don't know i've never really thought of that those aren't stoned thoughts either That's (laughs) that's 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 the best part we're just nasa engineers yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking on a space program right now. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson ain't got shit on us. But right. when it comes to the like your podcast, for instance, why don't you you know you can plug it and everything? But how'd you come up with that name? Um, it's kind of funny. Like we obviously wanted it to have something to do with horror, and so we just sat one night. Like we weren't together. We were just texting each other back and forth, and we were just kind of firing off different ideas and what we thought would work. And we had like a solid probably like five or six that we were kind of that we broke it down into and then we ended up just picking that one and then uh the the same week that we released our first episodes we were searching our podcast and another podcast with a very very similar name popped up and we're like oh fuck like are we gonna have to change our name now but like they came out at like literally within the same week that we did so we're like ah I don't know, like, we'll just roll with it and see how it goes. And it ended up, like, it seems like we've kind of surpassed them. I don't think they've released an episode in, like, three months or something like that. But, it, like, it, there was a very brief time where it almost wasn't going to be the name. And, I mean, who doesn't like A Nightmare on Elm Street, right? So the, the name kind of fit. It depends on which one you're talking about because my favorite okay, one yeah. is the one everyone hates. That don't even say the remake. The remake version, dude? I thought that was dope. I'm sorry, but <laughs> the ending got me, man. When he starts killing the parents, I'm like, <gasps> like, 
uh, everybody has their own opinions. I'm not a fan of it. What was but, wrong uh, with it, though? I mean, I only saw that one, I think. I think the other ones, I was too young to see the full. Like, I saw maybe bits and pieces. So that was probably my yeah. first, like, actual, like, getting to know the story behind it. It's probably one of the better ones out there. I mean, I saw Friday the 13th before I saw uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw, mm -hmm. um, I just remember the specific scene of Freddy Cougar where he, like, points out his crotch, like, does the air hump. And freaking Jason just flies across the room. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Is this an actual scary movie? Because it seems like a parody. Yeah. And like, yeah, Freddy vs. Jason almost was a parody of, of the two franchises. But I mean, if the remake was the first one that you watched, you had nothing to base it off of. So it's understandable that, that you probably enjoy it more than longtime fans would. But I mean, what was his name? Jackie. I uh, can't remember the actor's name that played him in that Nielsen? one. No. Shit. Anyways, he played uh, Rorschach in The Watchmen. Yeah. Um, but he like a lot of people didn't like his portrayal of Freddy, where like, and it's because like Robert Englund is Freddy in most people's minds, right? So for someone else to come in and completely change up the character, it kind of fucked with people a little bit, I think. I thought he did best with the tools. It was like kind of watching um, like the remake of the Joker, for instance, like everyone's yeah. thinking Heath Ledger, like there's no way anybody could go more insane than that, even though Jack Nicholson was good, but Heath Ledger completely like revolutionized that part. Then you look yeah. at like um, uh, Joaquin or whatever, Joaquin Phoenix playing. He had to do it in a completely different way. He was a lot mm -hmm. more unstable, a lot more like bipolar ish type when he played. Yeah. Yeah. And Joaquin made it, like you said, with the whole mental health thing, like he made it almost scary in the sense because he like he's not just some psycho. He's he's a guy that's that, like has serious mental health issues. Like he's not looking for destruction of the world. He's almost looking for people to accept him for who he is. Yeah. And and whenever people don't and they continue making fun of him, he just kind of snaps. Well, I thought that was like pretty interesting about like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street was the fact like the way that actor like kind of portrayed it was that there was a sign of hurt, like, you know, with the whole like he was very, very nice and very, very caring in the beginning. And then that kept flopping back and forth, showing like, well, he didn't actually mess with the kids. So he was killed for no reason. Then he actually messed yeah. with the kids like I, the camera. I mean, I was looking at everything down to the detail of it when it came to like the camera angles, the types of scene, the scenery, like everything, the actors portrayal in it. Um, the story obviously was the most interesting. Uh, but. I mean, it was it was a good remake. I thought I get where people can talk crap on it just on the basis of the actor. Like to me, Heath Ledger is going to be my Joker rather than Jacqueline Phoenix, even though he did it in a different way. But I mean, it all goes into the factor of a good scary movie. Did it make you jump? Did it make you change it up? Because I feel like every time I go to the movies nowadays, I'm sitting there and I'm like, when's it supposed to get scary? Yeah. You know, like the, yeah, that's true. My favorite type of horror movies are like M. Night Shyamalan's movies, even though people don't even consider that horror. I'm like, it's just interesting because it's meant to catch you off guard. I think that's the whole yeah. point of a scary movie. Like from me mm -hmm. as a kid creeping around the corner trying to watch it on the TV in the family room while someone else is watching it. Like I'm not supposed to be watching it, but it was the whole like, oh my God, like to the point where like you yeah. go in, you sleep on your bed and you're literally staring up at the ceiling, hearing shit and seeing shit. Like, oh my mm -hmm. God something's under my bed it's gonna fucking chop my feet off yeah and i think that's why like in this day and age like these slow burn horror movies are are so popular 
because you said before, like the one of the biggest things with horror is the anticipation of what's going to happen. And these slow burn movies, they take like 45 minutes of buildup and anticipation and tension and whatnot before it actually gets down to the meat and potatoes of the movie. Like, I mean, like we got movies from Ari Aster, like Hereditary and Midsummer, and they're arguably two of the best horror movies of the last 20 years, probably. They're like, and we got to took... set the scene, damn it. That's what we got to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I just, I don't know if you heard of it, but I just watched The Lodge the other night and like, it was another one. Like I texted Brooke and I was like, dude, I think this is going to be a boring ass movie. And then the second half of the movie was just a complete roller coaster. And it was nuts. And it ended up being great. I just don't see any good stories written anymore. I really like a movie for the story and like that kind of the, like that's what I get when I'm looking at details for films. If I'm paying $7.99 on fucking on demand, I need, need to know that the movie's going to have like a good story I can fall into. Yeah. And like 40 Days and 40 Nights, I thought that was a great concept for a movie. Maybe yeah. like the, the acting was a little bit, eh, but I mean, the whole factor was it was just vampires in a town where it's not going to be daytime for like 40 something days. Like that is perfect mm -hmm. yeah it's true what do you typically consider when you're reviewing a movie like what what do you guys typically cover do you guys cover any of the camera angles the views the scene the acting the script we we kind of cover like the the acting and the script and whatnot we don't dive too much into like the cinematography and stuff like that because we don't know enough about it like we, we're not filmmakers so if we started to break that shit down we just sound like idiots but I mean, we'll touch on like the scenery and the, the locations and stuff like that, just because we know, like, obviously our eyes work and we can see what's what's nice to look at. But I mean, we're not breaking down camera angles or anything like that. But we'll definitely talk about the script and the acting and whether we enjoy it or not. And which um, would you consider to be your favorite types of horror films? Like any type of certain type of genre? Do you like all the blood? Do you like all the gore? Do you like all the sex scenes? Because let me tell you something. If you're watching <laughs> a movie with your family, it's not as fun to watch the sex scenes, but they're definitely fun alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a fan of like of slasher movies personally, and I'm really enjoying these like slow burn horrors that are coming out now, um, even though they are generally like fairly boring to start off with. But I if if the ending makes me say holy shit then i'm gonna like it um i like those old like slasher movies that make you feel like almost dirty watching like you know what i mean like texas yeah. chainsaw massacre like it's just a dirty grimy movie that one didn't make me feel dirty that one made me afraid to hitchhike because let me tell you <laughs> something that i want there was a point where i was way too lazy to get up and just change the uh like the disc out of my xbox so i would just watch whatever movie was in it multiple times so it was between yeah. signs Step Brothers, and then texas chainsaw massacre so i would nice. just watch that on loop like over and over and over again i'm like this bitch is running this way okay now she oh that's gonna happen and i was like <laughs> that movie was like it's like the hills have eyes like it was just yeah. a bunch of random scary crap like jump scares that kind of got mm -hmm. at you i'm like i i like that type of scare but i like one that does have a little bit of a story to it that kind of makes you kind of catch you off guard like oh my god yeah. she was the killer like some scooby-doo type yeah. shit but it's just difficult because nowadays it's like we have a template of scary movies that works and it's like it's just to make the audience you know shriek real quick and then go away i'm like I consider, um, you know, some of the best movies, like the older classics, for instance. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Idol of Hands. Idol Hands, yeah, yeah. That's a great-ass movie. Yeah. 
it is it's a horror comedy but i mean yeah it's it's great but i think that's that should definitely be like at least a subject in horror i mean i understand you know you want something that there's no jokes but it's all bloodshed all screaming i mm-hmm. i understand that i mean saw to me is probably a very scary movie just because the whole aspect of like would you rather do this would you rather stick your foot in the toilet and have the toilet close down on your foot or would you rather swallow a grenade i'm like i don't know which one i want to choose can i choose <laughs> option c yeah exactly yeah it, um we're actually going to be doing an episode on saw this week coming up because uh, we had a listener request winner that uh, that chose that one and i'm really excited for it because saw like kind of revolutionized horror at the time like nobody saw stuff like that like there was never a movie that i can remember anyways that gave you that choice do you think that bred psycho killers because i start to look at that now and i'm like I definitely have those thoughts like what would be worse if I stuck my hand in the toaster or if I stuck my hand in like the dishwasher like I have no <laughs> uh, maybe gave just people like, ideas that's for sure just like somebody comes home you have the whole house rigged up like a saw game you have yeah. to walk across these Legos to get to your bedroom <laughs> it's like oh well yeah. I'm not even fucking playing this one <laughs> I think with some horror movies, though, it gets a little bit like for me, it's a little different because I saw Saw after I saw Scary Movie, the parody of it. So I'm watching the movie. I'm like, when's a guy going to have a crossbow taped to his ass? Like, I'm just sitting there like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and then I saw Scary Movie 2 before I saw um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. So then I was like, the whole thing was like kind of screwed over for me where I was watching. I was like, I can't get into this. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like just even focusing on horror in general, what do you find to be the worst parts about a horror film? I don't know, man. I'm I'm not a fan of those cheap jump scares, like you said. Like that, so many movies try and do this, and yeah, like it's effective, but it's cheap. And like if it's a movie that's filled with jump scares, it's not going to resonate with me after I watch it. Like I want a movie that I'm going to sit and think about for like days afterwards. So, I mean, yeah, the, the cheap jump scares, I can't stand. And uh, I'm kind of get like, I'm sick and tired of seeing like all the typecasting. Like every slasher horror movie has this certain type of cast, right? Like there's always the token black person. There's always the blonde girl. There's always the slut. There's always the smart one. And it, it, every single slasher movie kind of has that. And that's where, like, I don't know if you've seen Cabin in the Woods, but they, that's they, the one I did a review on with Daniel when he was on. It, okay, nice. Yeah. So like they completely make fun of that whole trope, right? That's but like, yeah, that is that is true. That's what they talk about. And I mean, it is see Cabin in the Woods was a weird one because they had a lot to work with. Like, I thought it was a pretty good movie just on the basis of like it shows you as an audience member, you're not paying attention to a lot of the details and things. Like, I think that was really important about like, um, I am legend. Like I was watching that one. That movie still scares the shit out of me just because of the whole factors. Like you start watching and start picking up, you know, different things. Every time you watch, you start noticing little bits and details, Mm -hmm. you know, you actually got to be immense in it, but it, it starts to look at like when you buy a ticket and you sit down in the movie theater, there's a bigger impact than if you're sitting and watching it at home. But half the time, we're not even paying attention to every little thing that's going on. That's why everyone's that's like, right. if you go see it again, you get to see more detail. It's like, well, what the, why, why did I miss it the first time? It's like, because we obviously are occupied by so many things, but we're also bracing for that mm-hmm. fear moment that we're like, I don't want to be scared, but I also know it's coming up. And that yeah. whole thing distracts you from the, all the other details in the movies. Yeah. 
that's why I like seeing movies that like not even just horror movies, just movies in general. I I enjoy going to the theater because I find that there's less of a distraction in there. Like I'm not checking my phone every five minutes or paying attention to anything else. Like I'm fixed on the screen. Whereas at home, like whether I'm alone or not watching a movie, like I'm always, I'm going to be checking my phone. If my phone goes off, I'm going to be checking it. Like, unless I completely set it off to the side, there's always going to be a distraction. And like, I got a buddy that hates going to the movie theaters. He said he'd rather sit and watch a movie at home, but I guarantee I'm going to have a better experience watching it at the theater than I'm going to at home. Well, it's the ambiance factor. I mean, when you want to sit at home with your girl or something and next thing you know, you're, she's lighting candles and she's getting the mood all set to watch a scary <laughs> film. The lights are all dimmed down is different than if you're watching like, uh, you know, a freaking Piranha 3D in the middle of the daytime. Like I remember yeah. my buddy, um, his neighbor had like this nice ass pool, had a nice projector screen set up on this inflatable, like kind of like little screen. And um played jaws and we're sitting in inner tubes at like midnight in this pool that's dope well it's scary as shit is what it yeah. was like your mind <laughs> is imagining sharks coming in this pool it's like sharks don't even like chlorine like that was yeah. what i was keeping in my head just to be able to fix it but like that's one of my all-time favorites is jaws the whole factor of like it's not showing you a mm -hmm. lot but it's scaring you still and it's it's fear of the unknown exactly and that's a common fear that people play off of you can be scared of the dark that's the thing you can be scared of spiders why that movie did so well you can do this that and mm -hmm. this the hardest part i think is is trying to find something that not everyone is afraid of and make that person scared yeah. you can make the poltergeist or the exorcist a very good scary movie because the whole factor is people are scared of demons people are scared of possession people are scared of these types of things so already they're going to be freaked out either the person's going to buy a ticket or not but like a yeah. movie like i am legend zombies is okay but that was a different twist they left you in the first 20 minutes like we're saying how it takes a while for that scare to kick in that mm -hmm. first 20 or 30 minutes of that movie you're just you're just watching and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. You're watching Will Smith hit golf balls off an aircraft carrier. And then next yeah. thing you know, you start to see what's happening with the zombies, these people that are coming out at night and sniffing around literally the whole city looking for him. That's why he had to bleach his steps and wipe everything yeah. down. It's like, oh, this is going to get intense. And then all the everything that happens later. I mean, when they were raiding through the fucking house, I am a shit myself. Like I was 14 <laughs> at the time, but like he's yeah. going around the corner looking for his dog immediately. I'm thinking, fuck that dog, leave it in there. <laughs> you sit outside with the squeak toy and squeak it. But then he like pops around the corner, he has the flashlight and yeah. he looks down and there's all these bodies like hobbled up next to each other, just breathing really deep in and out, in and out. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh no way. Like that was one of those moments. Like I was even saying it right now. I'm getting like, my hair is just standing up on my skin. <laughs> like those movies are the ones I like to go experience. And it feels like we're not getting that anymore, especially in the yeah. theater. Like you talked about it. Um, you know, turning off your cell phone, not having that near you or something. People can't do that. So now in mm -hmm. the trailers and stuff, it's like, why don't you uh, dim your brightness? It's like, what? The thing with like, we'll go back to I am legend, like that, the monsters in that were almost like a crossbreed too. So I feel like that kind of messes you up even more. Like they're, they're like zombies, but they're also like vampires at the same time. Right. It's the like, same. It's the same thing. I tell people I'm like, if a zombie apocalypse happens, what is, what's your plan? And they shoot me yeah. off this 55 minute or 60, whatever minute idea that they have of, Oh, we're going to do this and do this. I'm like, okay, what happens if it's not those types of zombies? Yeah. Like you're picturing walking dead. Well, I watched mm -hmm. a movie um, with uh, Danny Trejo, you know, the guy that plays Machete. 
and yeah. the zombies could fucking swim. Yeah. Well, look at like 28 days later. Like those guys are fast as hell. Like, like you need some good cardio if you're gonna outrun them. Start writing down the tips for Zombie Land. I mean, even in the second one, the zombies evolved. I'm like, you gotta yeah. think it. You know, at some point, you gotta change it up because I feel like we're all doing the same thing. There's a psycho killer. Uh, then all these kids gotta run away. Or like, what I thought was really a good movie was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. That was a whole thing where it was had you assuming things and it wasn't yeah. right. And that's what we do when we go into movies. I mean, like you said, the best experience is there. I mean, I usually go see like a comedy flick and, you know, like I saw Death at a Funeral with my grandparents in the theater, which was very uncomfortable if you've ever seen that type <laughs> of movie. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's always the same thing when you're looking at the genres of stuff. There's a really good action flick, but very rarely you always hear someone just go, Hey, this movie's out. It's it's selling out. We need to go see this movie when it comes out. Like because more people are gonna be lucky just to wait at home. They don't want to be out there and spend all this money to go see a movie in the theaters because there's not really anything worth getting out of your seat and seeing it when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. going to the movies is so expensive these days too. Like we took our three year old to watch Frozen two, like whenever it first came out, and for two adults and a kid, it costs us like seventy dollars. It's insane. That's why you go to the dollar store and you get candy that way. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. What would you consider like just with uh, starting the podcast and everything, kind of like one of your favorite episodes or favorite things that you've probably talked about? Um, we had our first guest episode um, with Brooke's sister and we talked about Hereditary and she she doesn't watch horror movies. So we wanted to hit her with something that we knew would kind of mess her up. So that episode I found really fun. Um, and there was one episode that we did on the Babadook, but Brooke was away in Europe. So we had one of our buddies come in and fill in for him. And the Babadook is a mental health movie, right? So he, uh, this guy, he's in the mental health field. So it was kind of interesting to hear his take on, on everything that was going on in the movie. But yeah, those two are probably my favorite too. And then we had one, uh, Shit, which one was it? It was just, we just released it a couple weeks ago, and um, Brooke, who's usually pretty soft spoken, he like, oh, it was the Bone Collector that we did, and he went off on that movie, and it was hilarious to sit here and listen to him just because he's normally a really quiet guy, and like that movie almost enraged him, but so it was fun to listen to, like being. What did you think about the movie The Purge? I liked the first one. Cause that was almost another movie that like that sort of changed the way things were right. Like, Oh, all crimes legal for 24 hours. Like that's a scary thought. And like, what would you do in that situation? Like, are you one of the killers or are you shacking up in your house? Or are you ransacking stores? Like, what are you doing? Probably just do my regular thing. And then yeah. if like someone really pissed me off, like cut in front of me at like, express checkout or something and be like <laughs> hey you see this bottle of orange juice and caught right upside the head yeah I but it, well, it's an interesting concept because it's like like the majority of people aren't criminals in their everyday life right but well, we, we all have that are, deep inner thing inside of us yeah though. yeah are we only not criminals because we know it's illegal and we have like those moral values where if if the government takes that away for 24 hours like what do we do do we keep being the same person that we are? Or do we dive into those like those? I feel like uh, it's giving everybody a hall pass. 
Yeah. And that's what's kind of scary is because like, I'm pretty sure like people don't admit it, but the reason why true crime and all this stuff is so popular is not that the fact that you want them to get away with it, but you want to see how they did it and then compare to how you would do it. Like everybody always goes like, oh man, he shouldn't have done that. He should have did this. I'm like, are you the fucking psycho killer? Like, were you in this guy's shoes when this was all happening? Like, I'm not going to lie. I've had an intrusive thought of when I'm driving down the road. I see a a woman that maybe yells at me a bunch of times every single day. And I look at her. I'm like, I could just steer my car off right into the grass right now. But no, I know I wouldn't do it. But it's those (laughs) thoughts that come into our heads. And that's what like horror movies play on. Like when you're watching, you know, a really good slasher flick or something, you know, I love the experience that was leading up to that night that movie was going to be watched. Like I like going mm-hmm. to Blockbuster, picking it off the shelf or something. Yeah, I'm tossing out Blockbuster, freaking, <laughs> you know, renting that, going home, putting it in and just getting like that. Cause you, you were prepping so much for it that the scare was building on its own. Yeah. Nowadays, we're just like flipping through Netflix up. Oh, this one looks cool to watch. I mean, how many times do you find a really find a goodie on Netflix? Yeah, not very often. When you're creating content too, like just for an episode, like how do you guys typically go about, I mean, you're working with somebody else. So it's gotta be like planning a little bit back and forth, kind of trying to find talking points or do you guys just review it the night before? Well, we have like a a template that we go off of that we've kind of created and modified over the the 21 episodes that we have now. Um, So we've kind of like, we started off doing uh, like, we would have like a trivia section and then there was like a whole section on rotten tomatoes reviews and stuff like that. And it just got to the point where I was, we were just like, we're literally just reading what everybody else can read. Like we need to take this section out and put more of our own into it. And we basically go into each episode blind on what the person, what the other person's going to say, because it kind of gives us that wow factor. Like if I love a movie and Brooke hates it, like I'm going to be surprised by it. like, I don't want to know beforehand what his reviews are going to be because it's going to take away the effectiveness. Yeah. Cause you'll have questions to ask him if he like has a movie that you think is terrible and he likes it. Yeah. And I mean, we've known each other for long enough that we can kind of bounce those questions off each other as we go. So like, it's not like he's, he's a stranger that I just randomly met like six months ago and we started doing this, but. Now what about what we want horror movie that is probably the worst you've ever seen because i've seen zombie strippers and i don't think anything compares to that fucking travesty of a movie <laughs> uh an episode that we just did was on uh, the saint francisville experience experiment and one of our buddies suggested it to us and it was it's got to be the worst movie i've ever seen and it's not it's not the how do i word this there's bad movies out there but they know that they're bad you know what I mean? And like, you can kind of tell that they're almost making fun of themselves. Whereas this movie, like they, they were trying to be good and they came out really shortly after the Blair Witch Project, like the original one. And it, it was very obvious that they were trying to ride on those coattails and kind of take that idea and make it their own. And it just failed miserably. And it's, it's got to be probably the worst movie I've ever seen based on the fact that they were trying to be serious and trying to make a good movie. I mean, I think... I can probably agree, like, probably for both of us here when I say that the best part about October is the AMC Fear Fest. Mm-hmm. I mean, just anticipating for that when that comes out is amazing. I think it's the whole Halloween. It's like in the air to be scared. Yeah. Um, even though Walmart has the decorations in there like a year before it comes out. <laughs> but um, it's like 
the, what really doesn't I don't really like is like the Halloween movie. They played that over and they've done so many remakes to it now where I've like lost count a little bit. I think it was very good at the first few. And then I feel like mm-hmm. now it just keeps on going and going and kind of like it's got to keep going back in time or it's got to keep yeah. doing insane stuff. Like I wish they put more graphic stuff on the television. I mean, I know there's people watching and maybe a kid out there, but like I want to see Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses playing on fucking AMC. <laughs> like I watched Jaws like seven times in a row on AMC. AMC when Fear Fest was going, but yeah, seeing something that really makes you scared because I feel like I don't know if it's because I'm older than I was back in the day when it used to scare the hell out of me, but like, man, my cousin's watching like he just watched Rob Zombie's House with Thousand Corpses. He's twelve years old. Like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm like that's a heavy movie to watch. I'm like that young. Yeah, I was like, did I scare you? He's like, yeah. He goes, Halloween, all those movies didn't scare me that much. I'm like, because that's a real horror movie. That's like yeah. something like that can actually happen. I was like, that's why you don't go to haunted houses alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all the guys, all the characters that are in House of a Thousand Corpses, they're like mortal, right? Whereas Michael Myers and Jason and all them, you can't kill them. Like it's 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 not realistic at all. The killings are realistic. Yeah, but. Do you think that plays like a factor into maybe that's what's kind of a little bit off about how it scares some people is like, oh, it's just an immortal being. So it's hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, because I look at Michael Myers, I'm like, he's still scary and killing people. And like, he's just like walking slowly, not saying anything. I kind of want to ask him, like, you know, maybe get a nice pair of running shoes and try and change (laughs) it up a little bit. But like, if I see like, if I know that there's like, you know, a house of a thousand corpses, these people could easily be killed. But it was just mm-hmm. the whole factor of like, that's a real scenario that could happen if you weren't paying attention. You would slip into a carnival. And who's to stop me? If you have a fucking funnel cake, I'm walking in. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ride that Ferris wheel to get that funnel <laughs> cake, you know? Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say like with, uh, with house of a thousand corpses, like it's not just one person either. Like you got the whole family and it's a huge family like it seems like every corner you turn around there's somebody there and that's kind of like with uh texas chainsaw massacre too right like it's not just leatherface it's it's the whole family with with michael myers though it's like like you said he just walks around like and not quickly at all just hop in a car and fucking drive out of haddonfield like what are you waiting for he's, he's gonna follow me michael's gonna follow me I'm like let move to another fucking state yeah and don't get me wrong like i (laughs) that would be the best halloween movie ever if it's just her (laughs) jamie lee curtis just keeps driving and driving every time like my mom shows up like out by the mailbox she's like well guess we gotta move again yeah he found our address (laughs) well that's kind of what happens in the 2008 movie right he ends up finding her fucking bunker that she built see i mean also there are some movies i've seen like piranha 3d or piranha whatever you want to say that movie wasn't exactly scary, but it played on a fear of like, I don't want it to be eaten and then anything left to be my dick. Like mm-hmm. I worked at a water park when that second one came out. So I'm sitting there like, <laughs> Robbie, get in the water. I'm like, I'm not getting in the water. Like yeah. why? I'm like, I just saw Piranha. So I'm sitting there trying to toss out tubes with like a one of those pool sticks to clean out the water. I'm like not <laughs> getting in. I'm like, I'm doing anything possible not to get eaten by piranhas right now. Yeah. Water is a scary thing though. Like, especially, like, open water. Like, you never know what's underneath you. There's a good, um, I don't know if it's, it would be considered a drama or a horror film, but, like, there's a sailboat, and all these people go out um, on it, and, like, all of them jump off and, like, to go swimming or whatever. And they're calling this one girl a sissy, the last person left on the boat. And they're calling her, get in the water, you sissy, get in the water. 
And she goes, no, I'm not going to. Then she ends up jumping in. And as they're swimming in the water for like an hour, they realize that nobody put the ladder or put anything down for them to get back up. So it's yeah. just too high enough in the side of it. It's just porcelain or it's just um, fiberglass. So they're just yeah. slamming up against it. Nobody can get up there. So they're in the yeah. water for like six, seven hours. Sooner or later, their muscles start to become weak and they all start mm-hmm. slowly drowning. Yeah. And uh, that movie just got intense because like, holy shit, like, are they, are they going to get out? Are they going to get like, it, it's just something that can be an actual legit fear. Yeah. And that uh, that's open water. I think actually the movie. Yeah. That's, and, a, uh, that's just beautiful. I love that whole aspect, especially when yeah. the dude hit his head on the under part of the boat. Oh my God. Every time I watch a video where someone <laughs> like goes on a trampoline and jumps back and lands on their neck, I immediately just yeah. start cringing. <laughs> but that's, it's, that's what makes those movies so effective. It's the true horror. Like it's true fear of something like that happening. And you know, if you've watched that movie and then you go out sailing the next week, like you're thinking about that movie. Right. Like if I'm if I'm walking up to an abandoned house, I'm not going to think Michael Myers is going to pop out the front door. But if I'm out on that sailboat after just watching open water, like I'm going to be scared shitless. I mean, how many Halloweens or Sharknadoes do you think are going to be in our future? Because I feel like in the next couple of years, we're going to be seeing a lot. Well, we know that there's at least two more Halloween movies coming out. I can see Sharknado going on for another 25 movies the way it's going. I mean, do you love it when you come across like a funny, scary movie, kind of like a shark with six heads or, you know, something ridiculous? Like you just seen a store like, why didn't I see a trailer for this? Like, this is the zombie (laughs) with six dicks. Like, I would like to go see this movie. I, uh, I just found I was browsing through IMDb. I was looking at some actor's page. I forget who it was, but he was in a movie called Lava Lantula. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I need to see the trailer for this. And it's literally these giant ass tarantulas like straight out of eight-legged freaks that were like lava monsters that came out of this volcano and they're just like wreaking havoc on this city and it looks so fun i haven't watched it yet but i swear when they go to the storyboard room it's just a bunch of people just shouting out random things and they just start (laughs) combining them into a freaking uh story like let's think of a movie what do you guys want to work on sharks tornadoes all right put that together we got sharknado let's get this thing rolling in production we're gonna get tom cruise on this bad boy (laughs) yeah it's great the way people's minds work so when we talk about like what kind of horror means to you like where where'd you find a passion from it for so like i mean just to even start a podcast about it it was the factor of like you just felt like you needed to start talking about a lot of the stuff that was involved in it I don't know. I've been a horror fan like my whole life, like as far back as I can remember. And it it all stemmed back to being a kid. I was like maybe like seven or eight, even that young, like um, being at our friends or our parents' friend's house. And they had like this huge movie collection. And and whenever they all went to bed, I would find that horror movie because I knew I wasn't allowed to watch it. And like one of the first ones I watched was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and like Pet Cemetery and all those ones. And like they scared the shit out of me. But at the same time, it was almost like that forbidden fruit, right? Like I know I'm not supposed to be watching this. And like that's where my passion for horror just kind of stemmed from. And I've always been a huge fan of it now. And I'm always trying to find bigger and better movies that that are going to be effective for me. Uh, do you ever come across um, maybe like a thought or a certain adjustment that could be put into one of these movies to maybe change it up and make it better? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's always those thoughts. Like 
but it's more like just just changing the uh the um like the stereotypes that are like it's almost like every horror movie has some sort of template or like every sub genre of horror has its own template jump scares yeah well yeah jump scares in most cases but like i said before like with the slasher movies you have all those same characters in every single one and in paranormal movies there's always those jump scares of a ghost like popping out of places and with like extreme horror there's always blood and guts and gore all over the place it's it's always that same template like i want to see a movie that that's able to kind of change that script a little bit and i think with these slow burn movies like like Ari Aster has been doing and Jordan Peele has been doing and um, Jennifer Kent, like all these newer age directors are really trying to kind of break that mold. Like they're combining different subgenres and they're adding that element of mental health and, and like what's actually truly scary in life. I think that's what it's just because it's becoming so noticeable now. Like mental health is like we are more aware of it than we've ever kind of focused on before. Like back yeah. in the day, if you were like, I don't know, suffering from anxiety, you were known as like a nerd. So then the movies would focus on like, oh, you're just a nerd. And they stereotypicalize yeah. that. But now it's getting so to the point where bipolar, all these types of things are now playing a factor into the movie. Like, for instance, like split that movie to do with multiple personalities. Yeah. So that was some scary shit because you didn't know what the hell was happening. Was he tricking you? Was he being your friend? Was he trying to help you mm-hmm. every time you think you're about to get there? Obviously, they're going to take it away. But it was the anticipation, but like if you go into the movie theaters now, a lot of the times people are just scared because it's that jump scare or it's that loud noise or something that just makes you hop up and look up. I'm like, I want something that's going to get me in and scare the living hell out of me to the point where I'm walking to my car and I'm afraid. And I keep checking the back seat every time I stop at a stoplight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want something that's going to freak me so bad to the point where like, I'm still thinking about it the next couple of days, like you're talking about, but like, we're not going to, feels like we're not going to get that like in the next couple of years i don't there might be one or two good ones but Mm -hmm. i just feel like a lot of the creative side of things kind of faded out a little bit seems like we're just so easy with getting a quick buck or getting some movie tickets and stuff like you don't Mm -hmm. really see a trailer for a movie anymore that's like fuck that's gonna be a good movie Mm -hmm. there's a couple that were supposed to come out this year that i was really excited for but obviously with everything that's going on they've all got pushed back i don't know if they're going to be released this year or not anymore but um like i was really looking forward to antlers and um parabellum because they both look like movies that are kind of well like they haven't been done before obviously but but even when it comes to like playing on a movie too like an actress or an actor they can ruin a fucking movie Mm -hmm. like i saw one where the actress was crying she's like "Ah," and it was just like the worst cry and i'm like all right somebody stab her like i know she's the main (laughs) character but like i'll do it like you know it's like the scene from scary movie 2 where the woman's talking in the theater and everyone just starts stabbing her in the stomach like that that's what it was i was like all right dude end this end this now yeah no i agree now have you ever thought of maybe trying to design your own like little video or maybe sketch design as well maybe for a movie I've had the thoughts, but I mean, I'm not like, I'm not a filmmaker or anything like that. Like, I don't know if I could do a full, full movie or not. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like you're the type of guy that like, when you're like, you know, like 
you could reenact like a perfect horror like thing you know what goes into a good scary movie i mean you don't really need to know camera angles as well to make like a little fun production about it too like you know for at least especially for instagram too i mean that's like 15 seconds are you kidding me i did a video of freaking happy gilmore as a joke on my personal instagram the part where you throw in a golf club or whatever i just went to a golf course got a golf club and started screaming at a ball like it it those types of things are fun to do because then like obviously you can tell with podcasting everything everything that comes in like you know people are going to watch this and they're like why is there some pauses it's like because the whole point of podcasting when you start to podcast with somebody else you understand that let that person talk see mm-hmm. who's going to talk next the flow of conversation yeah. so there's not overlapping tracks you can edit where it needs to be editing and a lot of people don't know that yeah and that's something that i really had to teach myself with too because i do the editing and i had never edited audio before or anything like that so like that whole learning process like it there was so much more that went into it than what we kind of expected so it took us like a solid month to release our first episodes because of the fact that we needed to like train ourselves in doing this and it's all trial and error like i use audacity to edit our edit our episodes and like i had to watch countless youtube videos and it's it's very user friendly but it's still the fact that it's unknown and like i've never done this before and i want to make sure that the product that we're shipping out to people is good what have you learned across the way just from starting a podcasting? Like if it takes, how long does it typically take for you to make an episode? Like record it and edit it? Yeah. We usually like the editing process now, because whenever we first started it, we had, we bought two like $30 mics off of Amazon and they're not good quality, obviously. Uh, and we record in the same room, but we didn't have like one of those interface things to plug everything in. So we were just, plugging the mics into our laptops and running the tracks. So my editing process back then was like a solid three to four hours because of the fact that I was like on my mic, I could hear Brooke talking and on his mic, he could hear me talking. And that was all part of the process that we didn't really know about because we'd never done anything like this before. But then we had uh, one of our buddies, he ended up having one of those um, blue mics just sitting in his closet yetis and he yeah the yeah the blue yeti and he just gave it to us and um just because he wasn't using it anymore and he said he'd rather see somebody use it and ever since we've had that the editing process is literally just me listening to the track and like editing out the odd cough or like sneeze or something like that and obviously adding in the different audio that we have in there i'll never see that's what makes you look at production stuff i'll never forget when i used to use the little zoom recorder i used to set it on this table that my uh mic setup is on now and i used to do it in person people tapping the fucking table people doing all this stuff and you're listening to it like oh my god like this is unusable sounds like i'm in the middle of like a level 10 earthquake right now (laughs) yeah and you start to notice how many times you say um you start to notice how many times you do this eventually like i was just like i'm giving up Man, if someone's audio is really bad, like I, I just record separate audio for each. So to make sure like I, my voice, I know like this, obviously this is one of those crappy Amazon mics, but like, honestly, I didn't even know why I was going to do video. I just started doing that. And then next thing mm-hmm. I know, you know, it was, it was just a thought, but it's fun to see it grow. Right. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, you got an amazing logo. I mean, that's, you got a good name for a podcast. I mean, just seeing nice. all that, like seeing it come together and where it's at now from where you were back in the day, did you think it was going to make it out that far? Hell no, man. We, uh, we started off having a goal of like maybe a hundred, 
hundred listeners total. And that was our big goal. And we surpassed that in like a couple days, almost, it seemed like, like almost right off the bat. And, uh, I mean, the horror community on Instagram alone is huge and super supportive. Like we've had podcasts that got us into this, like that we listened to before that, um, kind of paved the way for us and we would talk to them and it was almost like we were fangirling over them but at the same time they were giving us all these hints and tips and whatnot like everybody in the community is super supportive and that's been a big part of of us coming out and doing this i remember when i first stepped into the horror scene on instagram when it came to the podcasters and everything i had eric um the low is it the lo-fi horror guy shout out to him um I had him way back on in the day. And then I had the Saw Guy podcast on. Um, shout out to uh, Reza or Risa. He, he had been on, I mean, those were episodes 100 when I first started doing this online. And to find out the enjoyment that people get of all these things, it's the reason why Instagram has these communities. And it's, it's really kind of different because when you're also in a podcasting community as well, you're around other podcasters, it's a giant competition. And that's only because it's so big. I mean, even though the horror communities might be positive, might be beneficial, just like the hot sauce communities are, just like all these other communities. If it grows too big, it becomes a competition aspect of who's better, who's better, who's better. I mean, half the time I ask another podcaster if they want to do a podcast, they don't, they, they, you know, you're checking out how many views I got. You're checking out all these things. I mean, mm -hmm. you probably did the same thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, but I'm like, let's just do it and have fun. I mean, because obviously you're going to get your followers basis on like true crime and horror. They, they kill it sadly because yeah. that's just some we're all obsessed with that type of shit we all want to know yeah. how to bury a body in a basement but like <laughs> what keeps them there is your content the way that makes yeah. it unique like how do you typically make yours unique i don't know like would you say it's your sexy voice yeah that's yeah. got to be part of it i mean you, you don't want to <laughs> listen to someone that sounds like you know someone's getting their balls dragged against broken glass or something <laughs> i don't know like are we even that much more unique than the next one? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's a tough question. You got like, something that clicks to you though, because you got people that are following. Yeah. And that's a fair point, but I, I honestly don't know what makes us unique or what makes people want to listen to us. Like when we first started this out, like we said to ourselves, like if we do this and it's, it's us listening and it's like a couple of friends and family, like we're happy with that. Like we're just doing this for us to get together and shoot the shit about something that we're passionate about. And if we get a following, then we get a following. If we don't, we don't. And it, like I said, like we, like we're not crazy popular in, in respect to all these other podcasts that are out there. Popular in my eyes. Well, I appreciate that. But, uh, but it's like, I don't know. Like we're not, we're, it's great that we have fans and whatnot, but we're, we're doing it for, fun for our passion yeah i look at that because i've talked to so many podcasters and like why they started and it was like just a way for them to get together and it's mm -hmm. that feeling you get once you get together like it might be hard trying to leave the house and go over and do this thing but once you start having listeners it starts meaning more like you guys have yeah. to create content for people to listen to and then it's like a great way for you guys just to have an excuse to get together and create yeah. this thing and it's a great way to stay connected i mean i see it's so beneficial and like we all have a voice and you know you have the ability to express it too i don't want to get sappy here but i mean yeah. the same factor is like 
it gives you some something to do. It takes anxiety out, helps you hang out mm -hmm. with friends. You get to create it in your own way. Just yeah. um, from listening to a little bit of your show as well, like you, you should try doing an audio book, dude. You know how many horror <laughs> podcasts do like an audio book? Just like you and your buddy create a little story. Or I remember I had an episode, I think it was like episode 200 or something. And we called it Blank Slate, where me and this film dude were just talking and shooting the shit, trying to create a horror film. So me and him yeah. were just tossing ideas back the whole entire podcast. We ended up creating this film that was like, I thought it was pretty fucking good, but it's a long, <laughs> a long road for a short drink of water, a long walk for a short drink of water. But it's interesting because yeah. you'll come across so many people that make their podcast different and unique, your sound, your personality, you know, your banter with your friend as well. People are going to mm -hmm. know that, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you can tell through some of my episodes if there's a vibe or not. And like one time I'll be sitting here and like next thing you know, we're just staring at each other for like eight hours. It's like, okay, <laughs> somebody's got a blink, but yeah. it happens, man. I mean, but it's amazing to see the types of creations, the types of things that people are doing. And then first of all, the amount of like compassion you see in these Instagram groups too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the main part that keeps it going because if you just look up the hashtag podcasting and you ask for friendly advice, you're not getting friendly advice. You're getting somebody going like, well, what's your podcast even about? Oh, you only got 800 followers. It's like, yeah, all right, bro. It's like, but you toss that in the horror community. They're immediately on you. Like, dude, good job, man. Keep it going. Yeah. And that, like I, I said to Brooke a few times, like the, the topic that we're doing is such a niche thing, right? Like, like not everybody likes horror. Not everybody gives a shit about two Canadian guys talking about horror movies. Like, it's not like we're talking about, like, true crime, like how you said, or, like, serial killers or something like that, where, like, the whole fucking world is, like, obsessed with that. So, us, have, like, I think we're at, like, 980 followers or something like that. Like, for that's huge, in my opinion. Like, because it's, it's not what we set out to do, right? And, like, we didn't expect it whatsoever. And I think that's why the horror community is so supportive. It's because we're, we're such, like, a niche-type group, right? Because not everybody likes it. It's the same thing. Like, you guys also go a little bit insane when it comes to just the horror fandom, which I love. It's like Comic-Con. Um, yeah. I, I love, like, when the people are that passionate about something because it's, like, it's enjoyable. You don't have to feel like you're hiding something or something. Like, you know I me, mean? I would mm -hmm. love to fucking LARP. I would love to play Dungeons & Dragons. That community yeah. is a crazy, like, supportive of each other because they all yeah. love something so much that they want to collect every single movie. They want to do yeah. whatever. And I think that's amazing. It's, like, we just see nowadays, like, you understand you saying you have 980-something followers right now. That's 980-something more followers than you would have had if you would have never started this thing that's exactly it you're right that's perfect dude i mean how long like you guys got intros and everything too seeing that all be finalized and then you're mm -hmm. creating sound bites for your thing that's when it gets addictive and you're like let's yeah. keep doing this like this is a lot yeah. more fun than i expected yeah and that's what i mean too like where we've kind of evolved in the sense of like adding things and taking stuff out of our episodes because before like our first few episodes we were just kind of jumping from section to section and be like okay now we're going to talk about this okay now we're going to talk about this and like it wasn't fun like there's no transition in between what we were talking about before and what we're going to talk about next right and like before we even started recording we had a guy um from like a small music production company we gave him a little bit of money and he created that intro music for us and uh and you mentioned our logo too. Well, the, the same guy that gave us this microphone, he's the one who 
uh, created that logo for us. And it's just like, it was a lot of people like kind of coming together to help us out, even with like content and stuff too, like asking guys from uh, It's a Horror Podcast, I'll plug them right now. Like I was talking to one of them about like what programs to use, what do you record with, like uh, what do you edit with, all this shit. It, it, it was like a big process before we even started setting out and doing it. What's one goal that you have for your podcast? A goal? I don't know, man. We've already hit it. Like, I, it's, a, it's a good experience. Like, we, like I said before, our goal was just to have 100 people listen to our shit. And we've surpassed that quite a bit. So, I mean, we've, we've hit that goal. I don't know what a future goal is. I was going to say someone like kills in honor of your podcast. Well, <laughs> sacrifices a goat. We're the I next do. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I did it for those guys that do that podcast I love. Well, which one? And then as they're he's about to say the name, they just shut the door. Yeah. Oh, so close to getting that sponsorship on there i just want to be sponsored by manscaped so if manscaped you're listening out there thank you there you go no i mean like there's always there's always like a a kind of um uh what's the word that i'm trying to think of thoughts like a milestone goal yeah so um i don't know wherever it takes us it takes us but i mean if we could get popular enough to get like someone that's even mildly famous on our show. That would be awesome. I think that'd be super cool. Who? Um, who? Yeah. Anybody, man. Dude, I've Give had, th- I, I just had three famous comedians come on all in like a matter of a week. So I, if you let me know who I'm going to send them and spam the shit out of them. Like I did to these other guys, Twitters and get them on the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> So in your experience with trying to get guests on here, like are people really receptive of that? No, this is the most difficult part of the podcast is trying to get somebody two thirds of the population does not. Well, they all think it's going to be an attack, sadly. Everyone thinks like, um, you know, if someone asks if like if I randomly shout out to you, hey, you want to do a podcast and you didn't have your own podcast, you're just a person maybe wood carving or doing something you're going to ask why. Or you're going to ask, like, what do you want from me? What do I have to say? What's the script? And it's like, Mm -hmm. check it out. See if it interests you. You're going to be like, I'm good. And then you're going to pass. So it's. It's a hundred, it's a lot of miss or fails, but then usually people end up reaching out later if they know somebody or they follow somebody that's been on like, well, I listened to that episode. It seems pretty cool. It was like, yeah, I'm just talking, dude. Like I, I like to talk, you know, that's, yes. it's about, I it. like what you do. Like, I like the, the premise of your podcast. It seems like you just pick like random people and you just shoot the shit with them. I'm trying my, I think I've gotten everybody on here. I've got a mortician on here. I think there's only thing I have not gotten is a mime. And the mime I did ask was an asshole. He goes, I'm a mime. I don't talk. I'm like, but you can write on Instagram. And then he never answered me back. <laughs> It'd be a pretty boring episode. I feel like we just, if I did a video, we could just try sign language. Or I could just ask him questions and just see if I'd get him <laughs> to laugh the whole time. Yeah. So, all right. But I do have to ask it. If there's one person to get on there, man, you got to have one. Come on. There's an actor. There's a director. There's somebody then that, you know. Uh, I want to meet Jerry Seinfeld just to punch him in the face. Fair enough. Nah, I mean, if Wes Craven was still alive, I'd love to have him on. I'm a big fan of Rob Zombie, his music and his movies. I don't give a shit what anybody says. His Halloween movies are good, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
I've always been a huge fan of him. So it'd be cool to kind of pick his brain. Um, I'd really like to talk to some of these, like these new age directors, like Jordan Peele or Ari Aster. I know I've talked about them a lot during this, but I mean, I love their movies and I love their, uh, like their direction and where they're going with horror. So it'd be really cool to pick their brains and see what, what, uh, what their thoughts are and everything. Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, I care about all my guests, everybody that's on. Um, but there's some that stand out, like when you get like one that you really, really know. Like, I mean, everybody's fame is different in somebody else's eyes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was mentioning some people, and they're like, who's that? I'm like, oh, my God, you don't know who that is? Are you serious? But, like, you know, it depends on the vibe you get with the person and the, how the episode goes. But I think it's important, I mean, in any podcast, not even just, like, with your own, with you or talking to your buddy, you know, mm-hmm. just having fun with it, making sure it's an experience, not like a, a chore yeah and i really appreciate you mark for coming on doing the podcast man hey man it's my pleasure i was pretty surprised whenever i saw your message well if you want to plug (laughs) your show man let's get that show out there all right uh like i said at the start i'm mark i'm one half of a podcast on elm street um lately we've been doing weekly episodes of us uh breaking down different horror movies um every week each one of us picks a different one uh, during this whole quarantine shit, we've uh, added in a listener request every two weeks. So every uh, Friday or Saturday, I put up a post on, or sorry, every second Friday or Saturday, I throw a post up on Instagram. Um, so just send us your listener requests. I spin it on a wheel. And if you win, then your episode's going to be on that week. Uh, but yeah, check us out. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, everywhere that you can find podcasts. I got to ask what that wheel is called, dude. Come on. It's actually, it's just a website that I found. It's called wheeldecide.com. And you you literally just put your fucking shit in there and spin it. I've pictured you like right in the background, just pulling out this giant wheel of fortune (laughs) size. This is the wheel of misfortune. And then you spin it. It's like, what would you rather do, Tom? It's like, oh, please don't get broken glass. It's like, oh, broken glass. It's like, damn it. You start taking off your socks. Yeah. No, it's not that creative. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. You can find us on the NASA, NASA research website for looking for Goldilocks planets and other things of that sort.